Hi, I'm Bob Ramsey, Toronto writer and commentator. Twice a week, I offer my take on the world, from craven politics and unchecked ambition to secret sauces, bitter loss, and fist-pumping redemption. They're stories to live by. Quirky, high-style, tear-jerking, funny ha-ha, sometimes funny peculiar. My tales don't walk down the sidewalk and browse in the windows. They sneak into alleyways and come out onto different worlds. Alex Brown narrates each mini-podcast to bring to your ears what you see with your eyes in my twice-a-week blogs. And now, today's episode of Ramsey Writes. Forced Feeding Written by Bob Ramsey. Can any government force anyone to do anything anymore? Here are two things Canada's governments should. Aside from spending $600 million on an election, which could have bought 30 million vaccines, a month of free national daycare, or half a year of the CBC in English, French, and eight Aboriginal languages... Canadians turned up at the polls this week in the second lowest percentage since Confederation in 1867. When Justin Trudeau first won office in 2015, 68.3% of eligible voters cast their ballots. In the 2019 election, that slipped to 67%. And Monday's election, it was 58.9%, a hair's breadth higher than the lowest ever of 58.8% in 2008. In other words, four in ten eligible voters couldn't be bothered. Yet, at the same time, millions, and I do mean millions, of Canadians stood in line for hours in order to vote on Monday. Talk about polarized. But there's an answer to this, making voting in federal elections compulsory. It is in 25 countries already, including Singapore and Luxembourg and Greece. I'm not talking about places where dictators win with 99% majorities. Yikes, even Vladimir Putin's United Russia Party won only 49.83% of the popular vote in last week's elections, with most opposition members either in exile, in jail, or dead. I'm simply suggesting that we make voting compulsory, the way we do paying taxes, or getting vaccinated, or having a driver's license. Aside from giving everyone a stake in how our nation is run, simply knowing you're going to vote, just having intent, makes you pay more attention. As for compulsory voting being the fascist gesture of a jackbooted government bent on stealing your rights, I have one word for you. Australia. There, voting has been compulsory since the 1940s, and where voters are treated to freshly barbecued democracy sausages while exercising their democratic obligation. The odds of Justin Trudeau getting behind this idea, especially when he won for the second time on Monday with fewer votes than the Conservatives, 35.8% versus 31.8%, are zero. There's also the charter issue, of course, which gives you the right to vote but not the obligation to. It would need changing. That said, governments start thinking about this when the popular vote falls close to 50%, which, if present patterns persist, should be around the next election. Which brings me to organ transplants. They, too, could use some compulsory participation. There are 4,500 Canadians waiting this morning to get a new liver, heart, kidney, or lungs. Far too often, they will die before an organ can be found to save them. 
This isn't because Canadians don't want to donate our hearts and even our eyes. It's because the subject is awkward and we don't want to think about dying anyway. So why make it worse? But 90% of Ontarians claim they're in favour of donating their organs after they die. Yet only one in three has given their consent for that to happen. You can do that by signing your driver's license or going to beadonor.ca. In other words, you have to opt in in order to take part. But in some countries, it works the other way around. You have to opt out in order not to take part. When society's default is opting out, naturally you're going to get greater participation than in places like Canada, where opting in is the norm. Let's take Austria, where 90% of people register to donate their organs. Austrians have to explicitly opt out in order not to donate them. It seems the psychology of opting out and opting in is as different as the donation rates. A group of Stanford psychologists discovered that Americans, who, like Canadians, live in an opt-in country, view donating their organs as extraordinarily altruistic. Yet in opt-out countries, what's extraordinary is not donating your organs, more like skipping your child's graduation than skipping your child's baseball game. Americans also like an organ donation in opt-in countries to costly acts like going on a hunger strike, but see organ donation in opt-out countries as less consequential, more like letting someone go ahead in line. I'll admit organ donations directly affect only a small number of people, but for them it's a matter of life or death. Voting in a national election, on the other hand, involves a large number of people, and it's not a matter of life and death, at least not directly or immediately. But, as we've seen in America, it only takes a small minority of voters, in this case rural Republicans, to hold an entire nation hostage and to make it easier for them to make laws that make it hard for blacks and other minorities to opt in to their basic democratic right. Today's Ramsey Rights was read by Alex Brown. For more information on Bob Ramsey, his work, and all the other things he does besides writing, go to ramseyinc.com. That's R A M S A Y I N C.com. <laughs>